But yeah, um, Arian's flying right now. He's going, I think, because he does, Arian wears so many hats in powerlifting, right? He He's a member yeah. of uh, like the USAPL and he's um, like a coach lifter uh, involved in like meet director and judging and like he does everything, man. So yeah. I believe, I asked him, he's flying. Um, Rory, who does some co-hosting, lives in uh, New Zealand. So literally okay. a different day for him. So scheduling him sometimes is tough. Um, and then we have Bill who might jump in at any moment. Who's, um, just got a, just had a baby, man. Yeah. That's, that's I told when we were scheduling the recap show, um, he was, he was like, yeah, man, I'm going to be at the hospital and everything. I'm like, it's wild, man. But anyway, so here's the meeting info. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> like, Cause we don't miss episodes, but, um, but anyways, yeah, we are super duper grinding, churning things out. And, um, I was just asking you as we were kind of logging on here, how you feel. And you were saying not too beat up considering all things considered. Yeah, I know. Like it's weird. Like I was saying, like after nationals, like body's not feeling too bad at all. I had some, like I said, I had some aches and pains and stuff like yeah. throughout me prep that kind of came up, but like it kind of went away towards the end and like didn't really feel a big hit on my body. Like after like meet after the meet. So, I mean, it's pretty good. Pretty good news going into hopefully like world's prep. So yeah. Are you um leading into this nationals? Cause it had been two years since we had a nationals in a big meet. Right. And this is by far the, how many nationals have you lifted in before? So 2019 up. was my first nationals. Okay. Yeah. Let's take a little look. See at this, sir. So you, okay. Yeah. So you were a junior at the time. Right. And one of the juniors in the 66s. So this was your first four-way, four or oh, I think I'm totally butchering that, into the <laughs> Open at the U.S. Raw Nationals. Um, and it had been two years, and there's going to be a lot more hype when you go into the Open. Uh, there's, I mean, just if you make an American Open team, it's a whole other thing. I mean, last time we went to Sweden, the U.S. American team for the Open had like, I don't know if you remember, it was like an Avengers meme. And they took out oh, the faces, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And I, I remember that. I was in Sweden um, when that was released by the USAPL. And fucking some people like, this is so fucking American. <laughs> right? And I loved it. I'm like, this is hype. This is dope. It showed all the American team and like the men's and women's as like superheroes. And they're coming in to do battle against the rest of the world. And I was like, holy fuck, this is hype. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but this is when you go into the open, this is what's at stake, man. Like if you win the open, now you're in the limelight. If you're on the American team, like all teams, it's big, but the American team <clears throat> usually wins in terms of points, right? And usually is in the fold, if not winning, because um, roughly I think it's 50-50 if somebody, if an American wins. Women's is actually a little less. Women's even more competitive. So it doesn't mean, you know, but it's, it's a battle. And you're battling for a medal usually if you got USA across the chest. The amount of attention you get when you walk in that warm-up room with USA across the chest the whole nine, man. And the hype leading into Worlds is going to be a whole nother level. Um, did you feel leading into this, there was more hype than you had felt leading into any other competitions? So, I don't know. If, so, this Nationals, like, was kind of weird to me. Like, I mean, of course, I was feeling the hype because, like, People were actually talking about the 66s for once. Uh, I mean, everybody's, like, started getting strong, like, all at the same time. And, like, we're all, like, pushing, like, you know, Charles total. 
So, I mean, I was kind of feeling it. Um, but it's funny, like, I don't know if other people felt the same way. Like, I mean, the meat itself was, it was good, but like, I don't know, it just felt kind of eerie to me. It was kind of off, like, during the actual meat. Oh. I don't know. It was, it was kind of weird. How about, like, okay, before we get into the meat, what about the, just the lead up? Here's why I ask. <clears throat> in all the preview shows, and when we do the fantasy league, and we had like 500 people in there, your name was like, it was a battle. 66s was a war zone, but you were the favorite. And um, when I did the I am with with King of the Lifts, there was all, like thousands of shares. I, and I know you weren't tagged in all of them, so you won't have seen all of them, but I get to hit a button and view all of them. And there was a lot of shares in the six thousands in the 66s. And um, did you, and you will not have felt that in 2019 going in as a junior. Uh, no. You feel like, holy shit, this is, this okay. Is like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, leading up to it, as the, as the meet got closer, I definitely started feeling a little bit of, I guess, I don't know, pressure, like, cause people all were like just expecting me to kind of win. Um, like I would just get DMS and be like, can't wait to celebrate with you afterwards champ and just stuff like that. I'm just like, I got to do the meet first. Like, <laughs> hold on a second. Like these other guys, like everybody else up here is strong too. So yeah, it was, I felt a little bit of pressure going into it. And, and I mean, not only are other people you're going up against strong, like this was arguably, it was definitely one of the most yeah. competitive at the U S raw Nats. Like it, it um, there, there's, I mean, 93s, 105, like there, there's a lot of competitive classes for sure, but you guys are stacked with, with returning us national champions um, with record breakers and like top of like anyone in the top five could have took this if you have a bad day. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, it's tough when it's, it's good to feel the support, but when people start talking like you already won, it's like, okay, take it. I don't want to let nobody down though. You know, I'm going against lions right now. Yeah. Like I can't yeah, like- falter. I like started like I would respond and then like I would like read the first part of their message and if it was like going along the same lines I would just kind of just I would put it away for now and just like kind of respond later because I just didn't really want to think about it like yeah I just like we got to do the meet first let's let's just get that out the way and then you can send those messages like I mean it was cool (laughs) it was cool like people like were that confident in me but like that kind of made me feel a little more pressured than I wanted to doggy wait until the world championships rolls around you're representing (laughs) when you represent your country then you have not just friends going with you you have like people that don't know you never met you like let's go get them you know and you're like holy shit like i'm already like kind of feeling that a little bit because everybody's like yeah you got to go up against the big dogs now i'm like dude you don't even know like the 66 is in the world like worldwide yeah. is 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 uh yeah it's it's another but it's good like it's stressful i understand it's pressured but in terms of some weight classes there isn't depth 66 is 100 there is um i mean you got penna from france you got glad kick who's a two-time world champion um you have like like a, there, there's more than that or eddie berglin and uh oh, there's yeah, a bunch yeah. of them man like from sweden who's coming from sweden the world's gonna be in sweden he's eating home cooking you know time zone change the whole night like it'll be it will be a battle, and and uh, but at the same time, people will care, and you'll be in one of the hot divisions that'll get a lot of attention. People are going to tune in, man. And uh, yeah. so it's, it's the yig and the yag, you know, where you're like, holy shit, there's a lot of pressure because so many people will watch 
on the flip side, people actually care about the results, which is yeah. probably something you wouldn't normally be used to as a power lifter, only at the top end. Like it's like it's funny that you say that because like like I'm like I don't know I'm just now getting into like the I don't know I guess the top top end like you were saying like people like who don't know me are gonna start like being like let's go and like stuff like that um you know like people like Atwood they're like super seasoned they've been to world like he's been to worlds several times he's won nationals like seven times like this is my second nationals and now like we're going to worlds it's it's kind of weird i'm not like sure what to expect and all that it, it um you will have like for instance people on the team like atwood and or he who have been in massive battles they're used to the hype and they're receptive if you reach out and be like all right man this is my my first time on the world scene and um like how would you handle this how would you how you doing whatever keep in contact as well as the national team coaches are the king of the lifts co-hosts which unfortunately didn't make it today, <laughs> but um, Arian and Bill, phenomenal guys. And they are extremely easy to reach out to and shoot the shit with. And it helps when you're going into battle and you're a little nervous to have two guys like that who are seasoned veterans. And yeah. these dudes, in terms of like running numbers, knowing the rules, advocating on your behalf, if they got to protest a lift, if they got to, what picking numbers, like keeping score, who's who you're going against and scouting um, top of the, top of the food chain with that man like they, they it gets yeah. no better so especially like, there are some nations even at the world if they're from a nation where powerlifting isn't that big um they you see at the world championships national team coaches who are a little out of their depth and you could tell mm -hmm. like you'll see something like me you're not going to protest that or they'll put in a number and it's like this isn't a local meet. You're not going for PRs. You you realize there's somebody coming up behind you and, you know, you're going five kilo more than you need to take a placing, whatever. That, like, there's some nations like that where, like, U.S., you're in good hands. Like, you are, you're good. You just do your thing and show up ready. Who who does your coaching, by the way? Who does your programming? So uh, my coach is uh, Matt Holden. Um, he's systematic underscore strength on Instagram. Okay. Um, yeah, I've known him for a long time, and he reached out to me, like, it was, it's been like five years, four years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've been coached by him for a while. So. And uh, how excited was he after this win? Oh, he was, he was ecstatic. Like <laughs> he, he, he might've been more excited than me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because you gotta realize what you got yourself into right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're about to realize now. Um, leading into this, one of the storylines was, um, the meat before you had missed weight and, uh, came in on a 76 bill said he was there and we were like, so you put up a monster 715 kilo total and that's a yeah. monster total. Um, but it was like, we knew the strength was there, but how badly is this weight cut? Because even at this nationals, we had people favorites drop out from it. Um, some people make it but you're not the same and you're more likely to get injured, et cetera. Like there's always question marks. You yeah. obviously we know how the story ends and it ends well, but what happened there with that meet last November? <laughs> okay. So it's kind of a funny story. Uh, so that, so I actually wasn't too far over the weight class. Like, I mean, that prep, I was kind of the heaviest I'd ever been just walking around probably like 152 on average, which is not too bad. Like should be a fairly easy cut. Um, but like during the water load and all that, I got kind of a little too confident in the cut because uh, I mean, it always works. Um, I ended up uh, 
two days out, I ended up eating Panda Express um, okay. and a bunch of other high volume foods. You know, people like manipulate food volume and all that. Like I just kind of threw that, threw that out the window, did that. And then the day before I had Chick-fil-A, I was just like, screw it. Uh, I'll probably still make weight. And then sure enough, I wake up, I'm 68, oh, like shit. four hours away from weigh-ins, spit for four hours. And I only lost a kilo. Are you one sec? Let me put a pause. Is that your mic that's rubbing against your shirt? Is that where your mic is on your? Oh, uh, that mic? might be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can, yeah, I can hear it rubbing on your shirt as all. Well. Okay, yeah. Cool. But it's that fucking muscular chest popping your shirt out, sir. Right. It's, it's yeah. Okay. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we I, go. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So you, so you're 68, four hours out, and you're like having an oh my god moment. Yeah, I wait. I step on the scale. It says 68. I'm like. I don't think I'm going to make it, but I'll try. Like, I'm not just going to like not try, you know? So I like had a bunch of Jolly Ranchers and just started spitting four hours straight. Like my mouth was raw by the time we got to weigh-ins. That kind of sucked. Um, And I was 67 on the dot. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to try and put up a big, big total. And we just went from there, you know? Did you do any kind of like when you do water cut, you do like water manipulation in terms of loading and cutting it and all the rest Mm, of it? Exactly. Like water loading, like drink a bunch of water. Then like day before it's lower uh, sodium, manipulate that Uh, food volume, though I threw that out the window at the end. (laughs) Um, And that's pretty much it. So, and you're spitting like I said. How long have you been um, doing like water cutting stuff? Like, has it always been? Because looking at it, it looks like previously, um, I see like 65, 65, 65. So you were like usually a, a decent chunk under for a while. Oh, yeah. Just getting bigger. Well, or? no. So, no, I uh, actually been water cutting every USAPL me. I've, I've done a water cut. That's why, like I said, I was super confident in the, in the weight cut this time. Because um, mm. like, like, so uh, before every meet one day out, I would always just eat fast food like the first meet I did that and I was super underway I was like 142 I was like okay and then next meet I tried it again or I ate fast food again underweight so I just it kind of became a tradition um, <laughs> and then it just kind of bit me in the ass at the end <laughs> doggy so, that's a chubby tradition what, what kind of tradition is this <laughs> it's a tradition now I gotta do what I gotta do it is not anymore <laughs> yeah until yeah, it works until it doesn't right Right, exactly. <laughs> if if nothing else, though, if it isn't going to work, let it be at like something that's like a local meet and not national. Yeah, exactly. Or, or worlds, yeah. for God's sake. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I mean, like, that's why I like the winter record in November. Like, I just, after I stepped on the meat scale and I said 67, I was just like, no big deal. I'll just have fun at this meet. Just put up whatever I can. There's no use in like trying to spit for another hour and then like just have a terrible meet, you know? Right. Well, that's it. You can, you can make sure you could tidy up the weight cut diet, whatever it has to be afterwards, but you don't throw away your whole prep. If this was nationals and, and if you don't make weight, you don't lift. All right. Well, whatever you got to do, what you got to do. You got to hit the sauna or something, but if it's a local meet, whatever you come in at a 67 and if nothing else, to be honest, it created a bit of a storyline. Like you're wh- whoever's going against you could be like, well, he didn't make weight when he loses like a, like a kilo doesn't sound like much, but 2.2 pounds when you're already dehydrated. Yeah. Like I've been there. We like, 
you feel you're so dehydrated, your heart is racing, you feel like you got nothing left, you hop on the scale, you look down, and even if it says one pound more, give me, you're like, <laughs> there's no worse. You're like, I, even if it's just one pound, you're like, at that yeah. moment, holy fuck. I definitely, no, I definitely felt it like the meet in November. I definitely felt the weight cut, like, especially the spitting for four hours straight or whatever it was. Like, like could you do a sauna? Was there no sauna? Did you have to do spitting or? I mean, I don't, I'm, I didn't really try to find a sauna. Like I stayed with people at Airbnb and they're like, you want to try a sauna to see if there's one around. But I was, I don't know. I didn't really try and look for one. Like you said, it was a local meet too. Yeah. So I wasn't like super, I have to make weight, at, make weight at this one. I just tried what I had in front of me. So yeah, is what it is. Now walking yeah. into this, who are some of the competitors that you had eyes on that you, you thought, this guy could be a problem for nationals. For uh, the nationals. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Rodrigo for sure. Like returning champion, his training looked like it's been going like super well. He hit that huge squat. Like, I don't know, it was like two weeks out or something like that. Yeah. And that kind of, that kind of stirred it up a little bit. I was like, wow. Okay. He hit that squat and he, in his caption said, I don't hear nobody talking anymore. I know. Yeah. And it was like, oh, it was, it was scary. Cause it was 250 kilo. He's a 66 kilo lifter. So he's squatting 551 pounds. And it's like, initially people are overlooking him and he was a returning national champion. He probably felt a little slighted and he dropped that as like, Oh shit, he's coming to battle. Yeah, that, that definitely made it a lot more interesting. Like we're, I mean, we were focusing on like, everybody pretty much the top three guys besides me um but we were mainly looking at like him and like jonathan you know jonathan garcia who um he actually arian coaches him super strong dude um for absolutely like insane that he, he even had 270.5 kilo on his back for his third that we're talking 66s are going at 600 pounds now is yeah. ridiculous yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I honestly thought he was gonna like hit 600 that me like without his I think he competed like late last year and like he had like I forgot what it was 268.5 or something like that yeah it was close only like four kilos under 600 so I was like this dude's gonna do something crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where um you can't afford to miss right it's one of those deals where the pressure is on you attempt selection staying in the pocket without it's, it's tough because it's, it's easy enough to say, just stay in the pocket. Got you. But when the, the competition is as deep as you were facing, if you stay too conservative and don't push it and don't put up big numbers, you're going to fall behind pretty quick. But then when you get too close to the top and you teeter over, like Jonathan missed his third squat. So what, like he's capable of what, like a kilo less, that would have been, you know, it could have been changed a lot, but that's the way, that's the way it is, man. That's what makes it so freaking yeah. nerve wracking. It's not just the strongest win. It's you only have three attempts, man. And you can't yeah. teeter over. And if you it's miss who, and the other guy doesn't. Yeah. It's who makes their attempts. I mean, that's like, that's pretty much, I feel like that's the game plan everybody had, but like, that's what we were sticking with going into the, like, as the meet began, just make attempts and then deads. Deads are kind of my thing, so I was just like little bit. Let's just huh? go into dead six for six, and then we'll do what we need to do on deads to kind of secure it. So, 
Now, were you surprised by some squatting starts? Um, in Morgan Garcia, he was a little bit of, of the dark horse where people were sleeping on him. Like not, we knew he was good, but I think his total was older than everyone else's because 2020 was a weird COVID year. Yeah. And um, some people were able to fly under the radar because their totals, like uh, Manzo, the returning champ, same deal, where he didn't lift. So people were overlooking. It's like, now they're, they're closer than you think. And uh, Morgan Garcia really stepped it up on that day yeah. and upset yeah. some people. Yeah, that's what I was saying too. Like as the, like during prep and stuff, like everybody was talking about me, Jonathan and Rodrigo. I'm like, I think I made a, that post in my story one time. Uh, like, don't sleep on Morgan. Like he's up here with the rest of us. Any of us could take the win. Like uh, it was, it, it was kind of like, I don't know. Cause people weren't talking about him. I'm just like, y'all are going to like regret it. Like what if he wins dude? Like yeah, he could See, like, yeah. So you weren't sleeping on nobody. You seen them all coming. Uh, no, I like, no, I, Morgan, Rodrigo, Jonathan, and then me, like, like I said, any one of us could have taken the win. It's just like I said, who makes their attempts. That's yeah. basically who won this meet, who made the most attempts. So if I missed, if I missed like two more lifts, Morgan would have won. If Jonathan hit nine for nine and me and Morgan missed a few lifts, he took it easily. Like it could have gone any which way. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so when it starts out and you guys start squatting of the top guys of the top seeds and, and the top five is deep one through five, you were the only one that went three for three and everybody had missed at least one squat. Were you paying attention after that to, to where the other fellows are at? So I, I wasn't really paying attention, like who was hitting attempts, who wasn't really at this one. Um, I mean, I didn't really have too much time to the pacing of this meet was like extremely fast, like probably the fastest meet I've ever done. So I just let my coach, my meet day coach handle that. Um, and then like, by the time we got to our last dead, she's like, you can load whatever you want. <laughs> it must be. So this entire time you haven't missed the lift, but you don't know how close it is. And you know, you're in one of the most competitive divisions we've seen in any nationals across the world. And you're like, holy shit. Are you just under total pressure this whole time? Like, I don't know where I'm at, but I'm just keep slugging away. Yeah. Kind of. I was just like, I didn't really think about it too much. Like I just kind of tried to keep my mind off of it. And I just kind of just thought about making my attempts, just executing as best as I can. Um, and then by the time uh, deads come around, we'll see where everything's at. So. So you avoided the temptation of looking at the score scoreboard. Yeah. I just kind of stayed away from it. So didn't, I didn't want to get in my head. <laughs> Doggy, it's like one of the hardest things to do though. Easier know, said yeah. than done. I've, I know, I've, it was hard. I was, I've been that dude who you're back there and you're like, I don't care, man. I'm just, you know, just focus in putting on my tunes. I'm just going to warm up. You let me know when it's time to go. And exactly. then, but every now and then, if you ever look up, it's a gift and a curse, man. Cause sometimes you want to know, and you know, like amp yourself up other times you see it and you're like, Holy shit. Like you'll yeah. see what someone else is doing. It really freaks you out and gets in your head. Yeah. I think I actually looked at the scoreboard a few times, like, cause I knew like I looked at it uh, after Jonathan's second, cause I wanted to see what he was going to load. 
because I thought he was gonna hit like 600 and like after that I was like oh shit I gotta hit my third attempt <laughs> yeah if yeah. he hits that holy smokes that, like yeah how so, how how good does it feel though because you'll always have the final say you will always have the winning deadlift in your hands not just in the u.s but worldwide it doesn't matter the 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 cast of characters will change from the u.s nationals to the world championships sure but one thing that's not going to change you will have the winning deadlift in your hands you have the ability to pull it out with your final deadlift does that help alleviate a little stress knowing that yeah i think it definitely does um that just lets me kind of, I don't know, I guess cruise through the first six lifts. And then, uh, I mean, not in, like I'm like, whatever is squat bench. Like I'm still focused during those, but like, it's a little comforting, I guess, knowing that if I have to pull something huge, then we can load it, you know, because mm-hmm. usually I feel on meet day, my deadlifts just feel insane. They, I feel like I can pull whatever I need to pull. So it's definitely comforting. So <laughs> it's, it's almost like I've heard coaches refer to it as when you were in a position like you're in and you could, you're going to pull for the win. Yeah. Whatever you do in the squat and the bench is kilos off of that final dead. So if you fall behind big time in squat and bench, you got a <laughs> big time deadlift waiting for you, my friend. Yeah. But if you, if you have like gone six for six, and then you've now lessened the load that you have to pull for the win, but you are pulling for the win though. So at least you got that. You don't know how much this deadlift's going to be. And hopefully these people don't run away with it in the subtotal. And it's like, Oh my God, I have to pull seven fifty. You know, yeah. like it's 340 <laughs> kilo on the bar. But, um, but honestly, I mean, you, you've pulled, I mean, you went for what's your highest deadlift you pulled. So uh, highest, it was after the winter record, like after the meet, I hit 700 backstage. That's the heaviest that's right. deadlift I've hit. Yeah. That's and, right. You were, you yeah. were like, I think I'm going to, with all due respect, take a 10th attempt here, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got a little bit left in me. I think Bill was on the podcast talking about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That he had, yeah. was Bill yeah. there. Uh, I don't, I don't think he was backstage when I did it. Okay. Um, it was just me and a bunch of like friends that were there pretty much. So yeah, it yeah was they a... decided to just load it. Like they saw my third and like, they grabbed me. They're like, yo, you want to go for 700? I'm like, after my ninth attempt, I'm like, dude, I'm, my body is tore up. Like, I don't even want to try it. And they're like, dude, it's going to be back there. We're going to load it. And I just walk back there. I see, I'm like, I guess I'll give it a try. <laughs> it, dude, that's the last thing I want to do after a competition is continue yeah. weightlifting. Yeah, I was I was so done after my third attempt, but I went for it and it came up. So that kind of blew my mind, like that I still hit it after all nine attempts. It was kind of I don't know. I was really destroyed after that one. It's funny that they loaded it up and you're like, I don't know, man. They're like, all right, well that's <laughs> fine, but it's going to be ready and loaded for you if you decide to collect yourself and join us. <laughs> they word it in a way like it's waiting for you. And you're like, yeah. fuck, man. Like, I guess I got to do it. <laughs> like a bully waiting for you outside. You're like, God damn, man. I just want to try to get to my car and get out of here. Yeah. Um, so your last, by the time the last deadlift rolls around, at that point, your coach essentially tells you the battle's already been won? Yeah. So after, uh, so I hit my second 
now I'm like three out. I'm just sitting up there waiting, listening to music or whatever, start getting a little bit of hype. Um, and he just comes up to me and he's like, you want to go for this chip so we can chip the American record or we can do this or this. You already have the win. And I look at him and I think for a second, I'm like, American record or I'm like, I think I'm going to go for a 318, 20 kg jump. Uh, he's, he looks at me, he's like, oh, okay. And then he just goes over to the table and puts it in. All right. Yeah. That's hilarious, man. That he's like, oh, shit. Feeling spicy. Yeah. Okay. okay. Hats off to you. Did, did you have any reaction when he told you? Because you, fi- you just found out you were the yeah. U.S. national champion right then and there. He's like, just, you know, you already won, so. Like, what was your, um, what were you thinking? I don't know. I had so many things going through my head. Like, I was still kind of like, I guess I was still kind of worried if I had to pull something big to win or like if I'm just super far ahead or whatever. Mm. Um, when he told me that, I just, I don't know. My mind went kind of blank, honestly. Like, I don't know. And then I just told him what I wanted for my third. Um, yeah, it didn't really hit me till for a little bit until after I hit my third that I, kind of had the win. I don't know. It was, it was kind of weird. Sometimes it serves you though. Like, I wonder if this is like the natural fight or flight that we have where when the adrenaline's pumping and you just take the information you need, but everything else you set aside and get your job done. Yeah. There, there's something about that. Yeah. It was, it was probably something along those lines. Like, I don't know. Like I said, my, I was just, I couldn't think of anything when he said, yeah, you, you've secured it. Let's, we can load whatever we want now. so here's the thing i've talked to like the strength guys who are at the last world championships like they're obviously they're taylor atwood's coach but they're also um eli burke's coach and eli burke's was at the world championships he's a 105 he had the world championships wrapped up by his second deadlift and his third deadlift he didn't need and um i remember they told me we don't tell eli that he doesn't need his third he goes out there thinking he needs his third and he hits it and, and whatever. It's just not a huge jump, but it's a jump. Um, and, and he like walks out to his third. I'm commentating. And it's already won. Like the battle's won. He's the world champion. And he yeah. walks out there and I could tell by the expression on his face. <laughs> you know when someone's <laughs> warped like. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all like in their shit. Like this is for everything. This is and I'm like. <laughs> This dude does not know he hasn't won yet. They didn't tell him. And that's like a coach's decision, right? Where you're like, all right, maybe they just like, they don't want him. Some people, if you tell them you won, they're, uh, that adrenaline's gone. And it's, it's almost like they come out there, they give a couple tugs in the bar and that bar is not moving. I've been there. Like I've been to local meets where I can't get up and Holy smokes. Do my numbers get hit because I, I just can't get up. And other times where I'm like, I have no, I have no business touching a weight. And I could touch it when the pressure's on and, and lock it out and be like, holy smokes, where did that come from? Um, so it's a dicey proposition. You know, you don't know which way you should go with it. If you're like, should I tell this guy? In your situation, though, I think your coach needed to tell you because if the battle's won and there is a milestone you want to hit, now is your opportunity to hit it. So I need to talk yeah. to you and tell you. So if you want the big 700, and be the first in the world to ever do that. If I'm not mistaken, the first world ever to do that 66, which is a massive milestone when everyone's watching at the U S 
this is your chance. So I have to let you know, because if I tell you, if I don't tell you the win secure, you're gonna be like, what are you fucking crazy? What are, what are, what are we doing? <laughs> what is yeah, happening yeah. that I have to pull 700 to win this? Um, but yeah, it's a tough one. Like, do you think you would, do you think you're better off not knowing or do you, or what do you think? So it's, it's kind of hard to say, like, I guess if, I don't know, like, like you said, like, if I went out there not knowing if I'd won yet and I just, see, I, I know what 700 looks like on the bar. Right. Like I would have, right. I would have seen that. And like, I don't know if I would have thought that I won already if he hadn't told me, cause I, that's just on the bar or like, I'll be honest though. Like, I guess when he told me that I won and I told him I wanted 700 pounds, I'm like standing out there, they're loading the weight. I got chalk on my hands, listen to music, listen to the hype song. That gets me going all the time and like like I'm standing there and like I'm just I don't feel my heart beating super fast like I can't really get hype it's over it was, yeah it was weird I, that might have had a little bit to do with the miss I mean I was kind of gassed at that point I'll be honest but like I couldn't really get hype um but I wasn't really worried about that either because like winter record in November when they had 700 backstage kind of the same thing happened. I tried to get hyped for 700 and I just wasn't feeling anything. I just walked up to the bar at that point, took my headphones off. I was like, I just, I'll just give it a try. And it, that one came up. Um, but at nationals, it was a uh, missed it. Um, I don't know. Here's something to think about. And here's something that you might start noticing as well, though. Um, when you're lifting at a local meet, it's easier to conserve energy because you're not going to be as hype just walking around, just being there. When you go to U.S. Raw Nationals, when you're at the hotel room, walking into the hotel, you're like, holy shit, this is it. When you see like Russell Taylor, Jesus Oliveras, when you're walking around, you see like Meg Scanlon and like Sam Calhoun and like you're, you're like, you're hype 24-7. You, you, you're almost too hype. You're almost, as a matter of fact, they're, they're, by the time you start lifting and you realize that stream I used to watch, I'm on that stream. I am I am part of the prime time. I am in that battle. Um, it's different. It's a lot harder to, you're actually in between trying to calm down. Like in, in the US, or sorry, the world championships, your coaches in between lifts will be like, sit down, sit down. If you, if you need your headphones on, cool, but don't not hype music, breathe lower the heart rate because if your heart rate's up and it's hype music the whole time you're not going three hours some people even take off their headphones or they change the music something mellow which is weird you don't even think about put on mellow <laughs> music but you seriously do stuff like that yeah. to low down slow down the hype slow down the adrenaline because you might need it at world you might need that third dead and um the local meet you probably naturally were not high adrenaline the whole time, but you don't yeah, realize yeah. when you're new to the big show, even, I mean, you know, if you're 10 years deep to the big show, you'll always be anxiety and energy, but you just know. So you do certain things specifically like Taylor, if you talk to him, that's why you're good that you're in the U S you got veterans and they'll be able to tell you, here's what I would recommend to like decelerate and know when to put it on off and certain things. Cause yeah, it'll happen. The same way you feel the worst, my friend, you got told you don't need it. And like the adrenaline and, and anxiety and the I am with posts and the whole nine is now <laughs> it's over. You don't need it anymore. It's over. 
then you're asked to deadlift. That's tough. The worst though, so that's not the worst thing in the world because it's already won anyways. The worst thing in the world is when you feel like you felt and you do need to deadlift it to win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when you're like, oh shit, I've run out of gas. You know, that. there's nothing worse than that. And I've been in all of the situations above, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Like, I don't know. Like that's a like seven hundred was such a huge milestone, and I have I've been wanting to hit that like in an actual meet, like for so long. Like I was kind of surprised, like I couldn't get hype at that moment. Like and like everybody was expecting me to hit it. Like I got in a ton of DMs about that too. Like like I'm have a front row seat. I can't wait to see you hit seven hundred in person. Blah 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 stuff like that. I don't know. I, maybe maybe the pressure got to me there too. Like I almost went for just something pretty easy to just secure the American record total. Mm. But like, I don't know. I, I felt kind of like I had to go for 700. And here's the thing too. Something to keep in mind. Um, there's so many variables to this man. Like, oh, yeah. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like seven or sorry, 318, which is 700 pounds might not have been there, but literally 317 might have. Like you don't need, you might've been, and, and the difference between a kilo could be not off the ground and coming off the ground, but it's a grinder and you get it. Like it's, uh, yeah. in, in the variables of like travel, sleep, food, again, the amount of adrenaline going through your body, you get so much more like nervous energy takes so much more energy out of you. Nervousness yeah. is a motherfucker. So it's, uh, like adrenaline is, is both your biggest gift like in terms of when you need to get something done, especially strength wise, adrenaline can be like people have performed miracles, literally yeah. have done like incredible feats and in, out there in the real world where when they need to, and the adrenaline's at an all time high. Oh yeah. 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 Flip side. It comes at a cost. It's like one of those video games where you get a power up, but it's only for a little bit. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so like that. And that's where, um, I mean, all this is good. In terms of you as a lifter, what happened in November, perfect. Let it happen there. There was no high yeah. stakes. You did it. In terms of like US Raw Nats, beautiful. You, you got the win. You learned a lot. If you would have went nine yeah. for nine and not learned nothing, you need a, like a, it can't go perfect. If you just go perfect, you're not adjusting. You wouldn't have adjusted in November. <laughs> You yeah. would have done that fuck up at nationals. And in terms I, yeah. of, you know what I mean? Or, yeah, exactly. or, or worse yet, Sweden, for God's sake. Or yeah. um, same with like all of it, man. You you learn from it, you yeah. know? No, I definitely learned a lot, especially at nationals. And even when a record, like you said, didn't make the weight thing mistake again at this one, especially because it was nationals. Um, nationals, I learned a lot. Uh, just, I don't know, like so many things actually like, I don't know the pacing of this meet I learned that like I need to make time to like refuel and all that because like I just was kind of too lax about that this time I feel like that's a big reason why I kind of just gassed out by the time deads came around um which never ever has happened before so I'm kind of glad it happened at this meet before you know Sweden um it was still kind of scary like Cause it's nationals and like there's a bunch at stake, you know. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I was in the warm up room and like I hit three reds and I'm like, this doesn't feel, it doesn't, this doesn't feel right. Like, I, like by the time I get the three reds, like in the gym, I know like, oh, today's gonna be a, 
today's gonna be a good day i'm gonna, I'm gonna have a post to make today or like you, oh, you, today's gonna be like a can you put your mic back up there for a second there sir yeah, yeah. rubbing on those rubbing on your chest again <laughs> there you go. yeah so what do you mean like it felt um when it felt off three plates did it feel like heavy or did it feel how did it feel it, it definitely felt a little bit heavy um and just like i don't know like i said earlier like on meat day i always feel like insane by the time deads come around like three reds four four reds last warm-up just flies up i feel mm. like i can pull whatever i want the weight's just glued glued to my hands like load whatever you want i'll pull it this meat like i don't know it was weird three reds came around i'm like i might have to like fight for this win <laughs> it might not be as easy like i'm not i'm not saying it's, it was like easy but like it may not be as clean as i thought it was going to be yeah you know? like the last dead might not be a given you're like yeah I, yeah yeah exactly like second attempt like after i hit my second attempt i honestly like i was like i don't know if 700 is there today like i think my second attempt was like 655 or something like that mm. i was like I might have to like pull 10 kilos over just to secure or whatever. I don't know. Deads were definitely off at this one. Here's the thing too, like, like something that you'll notice. And this is for, for like people who, if they only do local meets and they don't understand like what's the difference, gravity's gravity, you show yeah. up. But not only does adrenaline and nervousness and nervous energy, which like helps, but also can take away energy later on long haul. But the refeed you're talking about when you thought maybe you weren't refeeding like you might have normally, um, nervousness and adrenaline also takes away your appetite. And yeah. makes it very difficult actually to like, it's, it, there's a point where I'll bring certain foods and be like, is that the best foods to be eating right now? And I'm like, I literally can't force myself to eat. That's how fucking nervous butter, but I don't say nervous, how excited. Cause I'm trying not to be negative, but I'm like, trust me. I know I should be eating maybe something different, but I, you, it's hard to even explain to people when you're that keyed up and you're in the middle of a battle like that, you can't even force yourself to eat. You got literally two minutes as well. So you, it's not like you're sitting around that the pace can move quick and you have to force calories into your system or else you're going to gas out by the time you get to deads. There's no question yeah. about it. And it's a whole freaking thing where it becomes like a process you get used to being like, I am going to feel like this on certain big shows. I have to do this, that, and the other or else, you know, and I have, there's, you know, Taylor, I would talks about it in the podcast I'm about to drop where um, you start getting these protocols in place in these little things yeah. like meat day. And that's where experience brings like, I know this is going to happen. I'm going to do that. I know that's going to happen. I'm going to do this all the way through. Not after you make weight, not right through until the very last deadlift, you know, <laughs> and you start being crazy prepared. So when people see Taylor Atwood and his crew in the warm up room, they're like, he's got like fucking six people with him, And he's like, yeah. he's got a nutrition coach or rehydration, but his nutrition coach, all they're doing, like he, he's got handler who's looking at the scorecard. He's got people loading his weights, his nutrition coach. All he's doing is watching. I need you to have another water bottle. I need you to eat these veggies. I need you to eat that. Like he's just watching that. And that's all that guy's doing. And then people make fun of, he's got a fucking entourage. My man doesn't miss though. This is why. <laughs> yeah, this is why you start getting into it. Now, I mean, you don't need like a, a whole crew, like, you know, 
<laughs> you don't need a whole lot of rush, but you start learning like, man, I'm going to start doing certain things. Um, but it's interesting, man. You start like, uh, how did you feel at the end of it? Do you think this experience has made you like overall a better power lifter? You have a lot of major takeaways from this. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely have, I mean, like I said, I learned a lot of this one. I definitely have, uh, have a lot to work on and improve on like in all areas of powerlifting, you know, um, like I need to learn how to adjust to how meet pacing, you know, like, um, I just, I just went to support, support some homies at a local meet and I'm like, after their squats, I'm just standing around like, are you guys going to start yet? Like, cause I just came from nationals and it's like, that like this nationals was like the fastest like i said it was the fastest man i've ever done faster than the arnold that i did in 2020 faster than prime time in 2019 even like i I felt like i had time to sit around and at that one um but yeah at this local meet like they had 10 minute intermissions between lifts after everybody went i'm like dude if i had that like (laughs) at nationals like if any of us had that like it would be a different story for everybody i feel like um yeah I mean that's probably like one of the biggest ones that uh, if I had to say I don't know how like pacing of worlds is um but I definitely have to pay more attention to that um and just like rehydrating as well like I had a problem staying hydrated at nationals this time I don't know it was weird it's still something I need to kind of work on um yeah there's probably a bunch of other things. That- and, um, you know, when you talk about pacing, here's the thing about pacing. Here's a, here's a way I'm going to offer you to look at it. Yeah. And this is good. This is what Matt Gary, who's like, he, he, he's a legendary game day coach, not like he programs as well, but his game day coaching is pretty much up there with like, you know, just a handful and that's it. Right. Yeah. And he talks about, um, it's it, pacing can be weaponized for you. If you look at it like this, when people show up to a meet like a nationals or worlds numbers, no longer matter. Winning does. Nobody cares that Jonathan Keiko's total went down by 12 kilo. He won is a dramatic win and everybody remembers because it's such a beautiful battle. It doesn't matter. He knows his crew knows, but do you think outside of him, his crew, and maybe a couple of close competitors. Does anyone know what his numbers are? Do you know what his squat is, his dead is, and his bench PRs are off the top of your head? Be honest. Uh, I could probably only say his bench because his bench is crazy. I think it's like 550 or something like that. I think so I've here's the point. It. The answer is no, but, but yeah, you, know he's, no. you know he's a champ. So yeah, the exactly. point is, it's not your numbers. When you show up to U.S. Nats and Worlds, don't wrap your head around numbers. Just winning. So when you think about that, if the pace is big, there will be some people who don't pull off their numbers. They can't wrap their head around the fact I need to adjust my numbers. So they went in there and their coaches went in there with the idea of that third squat and they won't adjust to the pace. This actually works in your benefit to recognize and adjust the pace and be like, I don't give a fuck about my playing thirds. I care about winning. And this pace has weaponized against my adversaries. They're going to start missing. I am going to keep hitting. My total will go down a little. Their total will go down a lot. 
And that's how you start. You go nine for nine and they go like four for five and whatever, or four, four out of uh, nine, five out of nine, whatever. And that's where he talks about like, um, when you show up, if you get the vibe, man, the pace is big. Some people are like, oh no, but you could tell yourself, good. I'll stay in the pocket, adjust. And I'm guarantee, I guarantee you out of the top five, like two or three are going to, are going to have a fucked up day. And you're going to see in their Instagram captions, fucking knew the pace was fast pace was vicious and then you'll be like yeah i know playboy but i adjusted you did it like you know it's gonna come man it's actually a blessing it's a blessing if you could adjust on it and that's where um and you won't have an issue because uh it sounds like you're not looking at the scorecard anyways and your handlers (laughs) probably know that's where like the handler doesn't have as long as your handler or coach doesn't have a romanticized attachment to specific numbers like this squat this bench if they don't have a romanticized attachment to that number, all they care about is three for three building the total. You're, you're set. You're good. You're gold. And when you go to worlds, I guarantee you, Arian and bill, they'll ask you your PRs. And if, if they think it's good and it's there, they'll help you out. But bigger than that, they're looking at the bigger picture and, and they're just going to get you the win. <laughs> but people <laughs> at a local level don't have to worry about that shit. You know yeah, what I mean? Like this is all, it. <laughs> yeah, it's send it, whatever. We're going all out. Let's fucking go. Um, this is stuff you learn, man. This is like, it's good. This is real power lifting though. This is like when things get like competitive, it's like, if you miss, you got five guys that could go ahead of you. <laughs> it's good. Have you, do you, did you have a chance to watch the rest of the U S raw nationals? I watched, uh, so after I finished, I think I watched, I watched Taylor pool 750, oh, yeah. um, live. I watched that live. I watched Angel. Oh, wow. You were there. Yeah, I was I, I was in the spectator seat and I like I saw him pull that live and I was just my mind was blown like I saw a second attempt it was like seven sixteen and then I just see seven fifty on the board up there I'm like <laughs> are you serious like uh, just seeing that number blew my mind yeah. and then I, I watched the rest of the eighty threes compete uh that, I didn't I didn't like see anything else live I just watched it on the stream mm. so do you watch do you watch a lot of powerlifting as like like a viewer, or yeah? Uh, kind of. I I kind of do. Um, I guess not as much as most people would probably. Uh, I mean, I keep up with people on Instagram and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I watched the rest of the Raw Nationals uh, after I finished. I watched uh the arnold one year that i wasn't competing at um so i I mean i guess i watched pretty decent amount but you don't not like um like a powerlifting nerd who like sees every big meet every world every world stream or nothing like that no i wouldn't no not like that it's it's interesting to me to like because i don't know how often you know some of the top people watch powerlifting i know some of them do obviously some of the coaches some people do but some people don't and I don't know if it's easier that way. Is it easier to keep a balance or like what sports do you watch? Actually, I'm not really into sports at all. Um, <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really keep up with anything. <laughs> this must be pretty wild. Did you play sports as a participant, but not watching previously? Oh no. So like I, uh, since I was a little kid, I trained in martial arts. I've done that for like, how like 20 almost 20 years probably oh damn probably like 17 years but uh 
when I was doing that, I would watch like UFC a lot though. Oh, hell yeah, dog. Now we're talking, yeah. now you're talking my language. I love that stuff too. What, what martial arts were you into? Um, it's like a bunch of different ones. Uh, we teach, I, I still like do it nowadays. Not as much. Mm-hmm. Um, like we have a bunch of different arts. Uh, we have like Muay Thai kickboxing, combat submission wrestling, which is like uh, BJJ without the gi. Yeah. Um, and then we have stuff like Taekwondo, Hapkido. Um, we have like weapons arts, uh, Kali, Bikini Tertia. That's like stick, knife, stuff like that. Um, yeah, we have a bunch of different stuff. Oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah. So what do you, um, what, what are you more into like yourself? All of it or? Uh, I'm, I'd say I'm pretty balanced across the board. Uh, I was mainly, when I was younger, I was mainly into like the stand-up stuff and grappling, like I guess most young guys are. Mm. um but i really like the weapons arts like the stick and knife stuff so that was a kind of that was kind of my forte i'd say no shit um did you compete in in grappling or any muay thai fights or anything like that Uh, i never competed i I wasn't really interested in competing i just like to train um yeah do you think you ever would at all uh not now probably not now i mean maybe like in the far future, mm. like 10 years, maybe. How old are you again? Uh, 24. Oh, dog, you're still young as shit, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like you see UFC guys getting in their prime in their 30s and whatnot. Like, yeah. I mean, that's no... Uh, and do you watch... Um, so you still currently watch, like, boxing, UFC, and all the rest of it? You still into it? Uh, not really. <laughs> really? What are your thoughts on these like people crossing over Steffi Cohen just had a boxing match. Um, you know, there's a lot of, obviously the Jake Paul brothers and whatnot, like cross a, a lot of people crossing over. What do you, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Uh, I, I don't, honestly, I think it's more for just getting views like clout and all that. If I was being honest, I mean, I'm not, I don't really pay attention to it too much. So I might be wrong. Um, I've seen some like, training videos of jake paul and he like he actually looks pretty good in some of his training videos that i've seen um but yeah it's i'm not really into it <laughs> <laughs> listen here's a plan yeah you gotta win the world championships okay yeah get you some sponsors <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. you see where i'm going with this love uh-huh. okay <laughs> I'll fight Conor McGregor. That's right. We, we got to call somebody out and we got to do a crossover fight. Either yeah. Conor McGregor or Steffi Cohen, depending on where she's at in three oh, or four perfect. fights. Perfect. I'm perfect. done with that. <laughs> we make a little bit of money on the side. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see. So looking ahead at Worlds, um, have you taken a look? Do you know who the other 66s six are? You prefer not to. Are you like, look at man, I don't even want to. No, I've, I've known for a, a little while, actually. Like, I mean, Pan- Panache, he's, like, huge all over Instagram. Um, yeah. Like, so definitely him and then uh, Glad Eddie. Kick gets, oh, sorry. Eddie Berglund? Yeah, yeah Eddie. Yeah. And then uh, the – I'm not exactly sure what his name is from Russia. Glad Kick is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know, I know of them. That's pretty much it. Those are the ones. Uh, Glad Kick has totaled 700 700- – um and obviously uh penna from france has done like 696 so he's right there 
and he's he's yeah. done mock meets and he's capable of doing around seven so there's like a few of you guys this is why like 66 is at worlds is going to be so wild is um i mean i i you never want to get too high but you could you yeah. could have a podium of 700 finishers which mm-hmm. is insane yeah that's yeah i was yeah that blows my mind like we were close to having that like if everybody had a great day we could have had that at nationals but like I feel like at world it's like pretty like set in stone that it's going to be a podium of 700 plus. Well, at Total. Worlds you have two individuals who have uh yourself and and uh Gladkick and then Pena was literally 4 kilo away and he had a third deadlift that he missed and I think you full sended that third deadlift if you just wanted to chip uh cuz you went over 700 like if you just wanted to go up 4 kilo like there's yeah. three you guys Two of you guys have done it, and Pena could have, but he full sended his third dead. Like this is, yeah, it's there. Now there's other intangibles. Um, you know, just because you can doesn't mean all three do. Like we've seen in um, at US Raw Nats in different divisions where some people in the preview shows are like hype for certain totals. Like, you know, the 83s, some people are like, look, we're going to have like a podium all 820 up. They're probably yeah. capable of, but there's like travel, time zone change, cutting weight, et cetera. It factors in. And these are things that you might want to take into account when you go to Sweden um, for every time zone you cross the jet lag hits. So they say for every time zone, give yourself a day to adjust before you lift or compete in anything. Um, things like that, that you're going to want to, it's just more further learning, but um, have some conversations with people, Bill, Arian yeah. and, and whatnot and be like, what's the best way? What do I got to do to best prepare myself? So I don't, I don't have another learning experience. <laughs> yeah. Especially not at Worlds. <laughs> no, man, you want to go full send and show up. Um, yeah. Show up and show out. Do you think you're going to be able to do any, like, touring around or whatever when you're – have you been to Europe before? I've, I haven't been out of the country before, actually. Holy moly. You got a passport, uh, so. sir? Uh, working on it, working on it. Oh, man, you're one of those guys. I guess you wouldn't need one if you haven't left. Um, right, there's, a yeah. huge, there's a huge amount of Americans who have never left America. Yeah. Are, are, actually, like, like, recently, like, just – so I drove down to Florida with my brother and some friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like, I added like three states to states I've never been to. Like we drove through three states I haven't been to. How many I states think. you been to? Uh, before that. You, you go four. Yeah, probably, <laughs> like probably something like that. Holy like shit. Dog, so, you were going to love this. I'm so glad this is uh, happening for you. Um, I'm yeah. so glad this is happening for you, dude. You're going to... Uh, you're going to love Europe, man. Like, cause yeah. the thing with Europe, you could take Europe in terms of geography from one side to the other, you could put it inside us. It's not huge, but there's so many different countries, so close, so many different cultures, languages. Yeah. They all have their own civilizations and backgrounds from back in the day that, and a building 200 years old in the U S is old. A building 2000 years old in Europe is old. Like you, yeah. you see ancient civilizations there. Like, if you have time, and I know before the meet, you're going to be, it's going to be hard to relax. But if you can yeah. chill after the meet, go to Italy, go to France, do your damn thing. I'm telling you, man, it's worth yeah. it. It's worth it. I'm definitely going to like try and do that because if I'm there, I might as well explore. Like I've had that conversation with a bunch of people. Like, yeah, I'm going to try to do that. Yeah. So do you have, do you have, do you have fen, uh, friends and family that might be coming with you? Um, my coach is going to try to come out uh, with me. And then uh, 
his wife actually has family in Italy, I think. So oh, wow, dude, Italy yeah. is beautiful, dog. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. What about like mom's pops brother? Uh, I'm not sure. We they might, they might not. I'm not sure if they're gonna be able to make the flight over. So we'll see. It's not a small ask, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but it is like it's a once in a lifetime. Do you have sponsors or anybody to help you out yet? Um not quite. I mean, I haven't like I've kind of talked with some people like about what people like sponsors do when mm-hmm. an athlete goes to worlds. Um I don't quite have any yet. So I believe you're going to. I okay, believe yeah. when the world I, mean, I haven't team... talked to anybody yet, so when the world team is selected, um, yeah, I believe you're going to. <laughs> yeah, that's what people were saying. So yeah, uh, so hang tight, which is also pretty cool to be like on a world team, a sponsored athlete, and yeah. going to the world championships, representing your nation, flying across the world. Like this is some crazy experiences yeah. for a young man your age. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I mean, I'm super excited for it. So yeah, man. When you see me, make sure you halt. Do you drink? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, hell I don't yeah. drink a lot, but like I will be. Oh yeah, you will be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you go. I don't drink a lot, but I will be drinking a lot. So, yeah. so <laughs> good, man. We'll have cocktails at the at the banquet. Make sure you holler at me when you see me. Um, yeah, and sure. how did you find powerlifting from being a martial artist? How did this happen? So, it's uh kind of funny. Um, I was training at this commercial gym. We had a bunch of friends there, uh, and they were they were actually in the powerlifting. They were a little older than me. Um, and then they just come up to us and they're like, y'all want to do a powerlifting meet? And we're just like, screw it. Let's do it. Sounds fun. Like I had no idea. I didn't really know what powerlifting was back then. Uh, my first meet was in 2016, actually. Um, it was an SPF meet that we did. Uh, and we, we just had fun. We just, I kind of, we all kind of ran the same pre-done program and we just did what we could do. And then I just kind of fell in love with it after that. So what do you think it was that made you fall in love with it? Uh, so like when I first got into just lifting, I had done it to just kind of get huge, <laughs> just build muscle and all that. Um, and I like seeing the progression in the mirror. And then like after we did the powerlifting meet or like even during that prep, just seeing my numbers climb, that's, that's what kind of sold me on it. And then just the meet was super fun. And that just kind of solidified it. So that's pretty and much it. Were you good at it right from the get-go? Uh, I had pretty pretty good numbers for my first meet, I'd say. I was already pretty strong um, back then. I was 19 when I did my first meet. I think I, uh, I hit that meet. I think I hit a 400 squat, um, like 300-ish bench and a 535 deadlift back then i weighed in at like 142 so not too bad for 2016 i guess yeah yeah i got your numbers right here and you took a little bit of time off from 2016 to 2018 yeah Yeah, so towards the end of 2016 i actually uh injured my lower back pretty badly that's why i i was out for a while uh i didn't compete for like two and a half years Hmm. something like that so yeah it was a it was my first big injury and it was like it affected me for a while so 
do do what do your parents think that you're doing this powerlifting when you started when you shifted from mar like are your parents is this a martial arts family how did you get into martial arts so early so young uh it's family family yeah. thing so is your like your dad's into martial arts oh yeah he was into martial arts since before i was born so oh, wow. yeah and then my mom <laughs> got into it and then i got into it and then it just became a family thing they own the they actually own the uh dojo that Dude, yeah, so. no kidding. This is straight up a family business, a family business. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Dude, some people got a bakery. Some people got a shoe store. Your family whoop ass. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> uh, and you got brothers and sisters? I have a brother, yeah. Okay, and he's also a martial arts, I'm assuming? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does he do powerlifting? Uh, he actually recently got into it. Yeah, he started... He uh, did like he lifted on and off like a few years back, and then like it was like late last year. He told me he was like, "Yeah, I want to get back into lifting." I don't know if he. It was funny. He actually told me like, "I don't know if I want to do powerlifting. I just want to get back into lifting." And then like a month after that, he was like, "I want to powerlift." Yeah, he does. So, he he probably wanted to powerlift. He just didn't want to say that. Yeah. yeah. See how it goes when you get back when you get in the middle of things. Yeah, and now he's just hooked. So. <laughs> And how's your family when you started doing powerlifting and started showing an interest in powerlifting and slightly, you still do like the martial arts, but the powerlifting started becoming more and more priority. How was, because it was, this is what you were brought up in and dads, like, you know, they picture themselves like their kids going the path they went. It's just natural. It is what it is. Right. No, they were super supportive about it. I mean, like it was like back then it was pretty still a, like powerlifting it was like super casual. Mm -hmm. um, and even like, when I got back into it in 2018, it was still pretty casual. Um, I was probably still doing martial arts more than powerlifting back then. Like it was just for fun. Powerlifting was. So, I mean, they were supportive back then and they're, they're still super supportive now. So what do they think that their son now from this past time that you found on your own? Like there's one yeah. thing where like some people, um, like I'm in Canada, hockey's pretty big here. We have all the other sports, but hockey's big. And people put their kids in hockey at like five years old. Like these kids yeah. are super young and you get pushed into it. And like, guys, like if you're going to make the NHL, by the time you're 12, you're already on the path. And if, if you're not, you're too far behind. It's crazy. So then when someone finds a sport later in life on their own, it's always a, it's kind of unique, right? And it's kind of out of nowhere. Right. And then not only do they find it on their own, but it's like, Hey, I'm going to the U S nationals. And then it's, Hey, I'm, I won the U S nationals. I'm on the U S national team. I'm flying to the other side of the world. I might be in talks with some sponsors. I can't today. I'm, I'm going to need a little time aside because I'm on some podcasts and shit like that, where they're like, are they like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. I mean, things are like happened super fast since I guess since nationals, like I was in contention for the win at nationals and then I won and now going to Sweden. So it's like, it's a lot at the same time. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, they're still like super supportive. They can't wait for me to go and like, they're super proud and all that. So mm -hmm. it's cool. Are they going to watch you in Sweden? I'm assuming live. Even oh yeah. The time zone change. Like mom's going to probably, probably. I mean like it's world. So <laughs> you would hope they're not like, well, yeah. it's, it's going to be three in the morning. I'll be tired. Like, nah, you come <laughs> That's not how moms talk. 
<laughs> dads might be like that dad's like it's on you it's on the youtube i'll, I'll catch it when i get up <laughs> mom will be like we're getting up but we gotta watch this freaking thing yeah 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 no like before nationals they were like make sure you send me the street uh link to the stream we gotta watch it so mm. i mean they'll probably do the same thing for sweden <laughs> are they on social media uh not really i mean facebook but i don't really use facebook that much so they're not really paying attention to all the hype and everything or they can't see uh, nah. like okay nah, not really. are they aware do you tell them like mom there's like people sharing posters of me and says i am with daniel yeah. and like yeah you tell them have, stuff like that i have a little bit my brother like my brother and his friend they just like to hype hype me up like crazy really? they, they, tell, they tell everybody yeah they just tell everybody and how is it for you? Does that make more pressure? You're like, all right, chill, dog. Let me let me get my bearings here. <laughs> I mean, here. sometimes sometimes it's like, yo, just slow down a little bit. But like, it's funny. Is he a younger or older brother? Oh, uh, younger. That's it, man. Yeah, yeah. That's how younger brothers look up to older brothers, though. Yeah. That's what they yeah. do. Like the older brothers, they may not say it, tell you, I got an older brother. Your older brother when you're younger is like Superman. And if he's doing shit, you're going to be like, my brother's going to whoop ass. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. Like before, before nationals, like, like we'd be hanging, like he would be hanging out with people or we'd be hanging out with people together. He was like, yo, you know, my brother's going to nationals. (laughs) Like, I'm like, all right, here we go. He's like, oh, really? Like the other guys are like, oh, really? He was like, yeah, he's probably going to win. I'm like, come on, dude. I got to do the meet first. I mean, like, it's cool though. You're like, I know the pressure when it's like, it's positive, but the same time, like dog, just come on, chill. I don't want to make tonight talking about, I'm trying to forget about this right now. Yeah. Yeah. He would be like, yeah, he's probably going to win. And the people would be like, Oh really? You probably win. I'm like, (laughs) I mean, I could, it's a possibility. (laughs) You're like, let's all mitigate our expectations. So no matter what I do, we're all happy. Okay. (laughs) You're trying to play that role. Let's just slow it down a minute. If I come in third, it's great. Let's not lose sight of that. (laughs) But um dog man, wait till freaking September, man. When I know he's they're already like, yo, he's going to worlds. He's going to worlds. Like I just started prep, like we gotta see how this goes first. (laughs) Yeah, like we are 12 weeks away, my friend. I'm I'm gonna be exhausted emotionally if you don't settle yourself. Yeah. I, I swear to god, I had um I was living with a girl and we were going into camera if it was nationals or worlds and she was so flipping hype on the, she thought this was getting me hype on the mirror. <laughs> she had a fucking countdown. Um, so every morning I went in there in the, in the morning and on the mirror, I saw like 62 and then 61. Oh and I'm oh like, I'm like, yo, you, I know you're being supportive. <laughs> But you're freaking me out. Like yeah, every out so, a little bit. <laughs> when I wake up in the morning and I'm getting ready for work, I'm like, fuck, man. And that's the first thing that you see. In the last thing before you go to bed and you're getting ready for bed, you're like, fucking, I'm 49 days out. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're like, this is, I can't get away from it. It's too much. It's crazy. Yeah. You could see now why um, some people go like, uh, hop off social media for a little bit every, every now yeah. and then i kind of understand it now like before i'm i'm just like i mean i mean i understood it back then too because i mean it could be a lot sometimes mm-hmm. um, but like i almost like i almost decided to just like kind of ghost for a while on instagram but i kind of got a little hype towards the end i'm like no nah, i'll just post 
like well, i would ask like, like I, I got friends we got a group chat like i asked the, i asked them i'm like should i post this and like dude why are you asking us just post it so it's um yeah that manzo 250 probably is like okay i think i might hop off instagram for a little while <laughs> 250 kilo 500 pound squat you're like i'm good here's the thing though if not if anything else what you learned from that as well though you saw a scary manzo squat he ended up get you know having difficulty making weight getting injured it doesn't always mean like what i try to tell myself is like it doesn't always mean it's going to happen like that on the day of don't get freaked out um you know like it, there's other variables floating around in sports, man. It, it, it comes around. People get hurt. People, things happen, right? So you're just like, don't freak out. None of this matters. Yeah. Or you post, but you don't look at other people on purpose. Like I've had some lifters, well-known lifters be like, do you know so-and-so doesn't follow me and so-and-so happens to be one of their competitors? And I'm like, that doesn't mean they don't support you. That doesn't yeah. mean they have a beef with you. That might actually be the best compliment you can have. Because it might mean they don't want to see what you're doing leading into a comp. It's going to fuck with their heads. If, yeah. if a lifter is too friendly with you, if Taylor Atwood has his arm around you in the stands, because he doesn't think you're a threat. If you're too close to him, he doesn't want to be your friend. You know what I mean? Like he's, it's just the way it is. So sometimes you take it like a compliment. It's not personal. It's just like um, everybody to a certain extent is like, I, I don't need to see certain shit. It's going to mess with me. So sometimes you just, you post, leave. Yeah. I don't need to see what you're doing. I'm just posting for my people to see. So they get encouragement. And, and then if you get sponsors or whatnot, they appreciate if you're active on there, but you don't got to go to, you don't got to go to Penna's you know that's the only <laughs> problem with the only problem with king of lifts is that like we're reposting everybody so like, yeah, yeah. just when you're scrolling king of lifts be you know be mindful yeah you like see the same like i would see like somebody's lift like rodrigo or whatever like i see his pr by him and then i see it like you you all post i'm like yeah. i already saw this but like yeah it up it up hyping the caption be yeah. like well, he's yeah, ready yeah. to defend his title. He's yeah, ready yeah. for battle or whatever. Yeah, 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 ready for battle. That's something I would say. That's like that's a copy paste I'll probably use. But it is like you know, <laughs> I got a hype of yeah, I know it's uh, a, yeah. it's tough, man. And then you have um like some a company like SBD when they start jumping in doing like their hype videos, which are phenomenal, some of the best hype videos. I wait until you're featured in a hype video and you're like, holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> you're like, tell you, your brother's gonna go. Your brother's gonna be wilding. <laughs> yeah, I was at, I was in uh, like one of the SBD videos recently from Nationals and like the highlights. My brother, yeah, 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 yeah the highlights. And my brother, so I was like, "Yo, you're in SBD's video." <laughs> yeah, so it started. Oh, it started, sir. Have you <laughs> have you heard about um, Sheffield, the SBD Invitational? No, okay, I'm not. So um, it got canceled due to COVID, but. Mm -hmm. They are, it's going to happen when in, in the, all the details has been ironed out, but all of the world champions um, are going to be invited to go head to head only world champions, as well as some regional champions to make it as global as possible. Right. Wow. All yeah. go head to head and you get, uh, they'll, they'll have things like you'll get money for records. You'll get money for winning like just different payouts, um, the payout structure, like they have to redo it because this, this version of Sheffield got canceled, but they had like full on press conference 
uh, with like fans that were like, it's going to be in a stadium or like an arena, sorry, with like VIP passes. Some people would get flown in and watch. It was a fucking beautiful setup. People who bought VIP passes would be at a press conference. I was a part of it and would have been like help hosts, like talking about like interviewing lifters and like a part of the commentary crew. And like, I'm talking some ESPN shit, my friend. Oh, and wow. Uh, yeah and it was (laughs) this is what can happen down the down the pipeline um first step worlds but even then i mean the the videos the hype videos the interviews and the whole nine that can happen um just leading into worlds whatnot it'll be dog you're gonna be a blast and here's my advice for you you're a young guy freaking and u.s nationals incredibly hard to win yeah just be in the moment and embrace it every bit soak it up just be like, this oh, yeah. could end next year. This could end at any point. But right here, right now, I'm flying across the world and I'm going to do this. This is like the world's best. And like, this is mine right now. You yeah. know, like, I'm going to look back <laughs> on this in 10 years with my brother and be like, was that fucking wild or what? <laughs> you know, yeah. we, that was wild. We did our damn thing, didn't we? It'll be something yeah. else. This will probably encourage the hell out of your brother to lift as well, huh? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, he, I think he told me the other day, like, because he came down with me to Daytona and like him just seeing everybody he follows on Instagram. He's like, yo, that's Russ. That's <laughs> Russ. I got to get a picture with him. Like he dropped us off. Me and uh, uh, Josiah, he competed at nationals. Also, he dropped us off that morning that we were competing. And he's like, he sees Taylor. He's like, is that Taylor fucking Atwood? He screams in. And I think Taylor heard him and looked back at him like with a confused face or something like that <laughs> or something. I was like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> Dog, like, we till you get the so world. excited. Yeah. I hope your brother could come to the world somehow. I hope your parents come. I hope your brother comes. Hope that everybody comes. That'd Soak be so it up, cool. man. Yeah. It'd be freaking phenomenal. And you guys have a little time to jump around Europe if if you can. That would be um, awesome. If you were if you had one thing to tell all the other 66s in the world leading into the world championships, what would you tell them? What would I tell them? what's your message to the other 66 is gunning for the world championships i just want to let them know to uh they better they better show up because i'm gonna show up i mean i showed up at nationals so and will that will that winning deadlift be in your hands young man the deadlift will definitely be in my hands (laughs) i'm gonna we'll see how this prep goes but i mean like i said I can. I feel like I can pull anything I want by the time the third comes. So they better pull some shit out of their ass or something. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Anybody you want to thank before yeah. we let you go? And thank you very much for your time, sir. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, definitely want to thank my coach Matt Holden. Uh, he's. I, I would not be where I am today without him. Um, my gym, Seven City Strength. They have like the best equipment on this side of the water um, where I'm at. Uh, I want to thank my friends, the Bust Down Boys. That's the group chat I'm in. They always hype me up, um, support me and all that, all the local homies. Thank my brother, my family, and all that. So super supportive. Love them. All right, my man. Well, listen, good luck. Stay healthy. And um, next time I see you, we'll be on the other side of the world. Make sure you holler at your boy, and we are going to smash some beers afterwards. Yeah, for sure, man. See you, buddy. Keep keep in contact. All right, man. See you.